0: Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Brandford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2MNet podcast. You can visit W2MNet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. The kickoff. What's your fit to see?
1: And good evening, and welcome to the second episode of The Kickoff Presents Watch Your Fantasy Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host. I am the unprofessional chairman here at the W2M Network. My name is Jason Teasley. Uh, Along for this uh, chaotic ride for the second week in a row, I have the Black Plague, Eric Watkins. (laughs)
2: I'm still wondering. Does this mean we got to get a third show to for me to work my nickname that I introduced on the kickoff last week? <laughs> no. You yes.
1: Can, you just
0: use that. Yeah. You, you can just use that on the kickoff.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: he can use that when Black Irish launches. Is what he can do. Fair.
1: <laughs> and the other voice you hear is our voice of reason here at the W two N Network, and that's Harry Brothurst.
0: Good evening, afternoon, whatever you happen to. Oh, wait, that's the wrong show for that. Um, real quick before we get started on the show, tonight's episode is dedicated to Angela Puglisi. Our thoughts are with you, Nanny. Get well soon.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Liz and your mom, your thought, you are in our thoughts and prayers. So, um, yeah, week two in fantasy football world is had a uh, lot of downs. Not. Uh, Quite a few ups, but definitely a lot of downs. And that leads us right into the perfect segment to kick off the show. That's new lineup, who this? Where we discuss our waiver wire finds. Uh, guys, uh, the waiver wire in all of my leagues uh, are uh, essentially blowing up because who would have known that week two would have resulted in multiple injuries and. Devastating <laughs> teams. So, um, who are you guys looking to to add on the waiver wire uh, with the likes of, you know, Morissette, McCaffrey? Um, who else went down this week? Good Lord. Saquon. Saquon. I mean, there's, of a hard plethora, there's, a, there's, there's a plethora of, of players that went down. Michael Thomas is out for a couple of weeks. Uh, So, I mean, there's a lot of holes being plugged. So who are you guys targeting on the waiver wire this week with all these injuries and stuff to help your fantasy leagues? Who's starting? Uh, Whoever wants to jump in.
0: Uh, uh, I'll go. I didn't go first here since I went first on last week's episode. We'll we'll keep some uniformity from that. Um, I'm looking at the running back situation in San Francisco here, and I'm looking at Tevin Coleman being out. I'm looking at Raheem Mostert being out. And I'm looking at Jarek McKinnon, who was supposed to be the starter last year before he had his own injury issues. The coaching staff is really high on McKinnon, and it's an offense that definitely favors the run as well. So I'm thinking that Jarek McKinnon's probably going to be somebody that's going to get, if he can stay healthy now, somebody that's going to get 15 to 20 carries and somebody that would plug in nicely as a low-end uh, low running back one for your fantasy team. Yeah, I mean, he's got uh, – oh, yeah,
1: and we forgot to even uh, mention the fact that Jimmy G's also out. Uh, so, yeah, that, I mean, with Jimmy G being hurt, I mean, you know, that offense is going to rely heavy on the run. So McKinnon is a great pickup. I agree with you there, Harry. Eric, who are you targeting trying to pick up uh anybody specific that you're looking to target on the waiver wires that well, you know that people may want to want to look at adding?
2: Now, luckily in one of my deeper leagues, I already have him as my quarterback, so I'm fortunate. But if you don't, especially if you were hit by the likes of the Jimmy G injury, I would go ahead and take a flyer on Gardner Minshew. Now, yes, the interception Last week at the end of the game against Tennessee, it stings a little bit. But overall, you're talking about over 500 yards, six touchdown passes, and against a decent but still considerably soft Miami defense on a short week, he's a guy that I wouldn't necessarily say stream him, but have him for the next couple of weeks or if you've got a good bench spot. Also, like Jarek McKinnon, Very good value if you're doing daily fantasy.
1: Yeah, I mean, Minshew um, is a solid, you know, quarterback to stash um, with, you know, you never, never know who's going to go down. I mean, Drew Locke proved that. Um, Excuse me. So uh, as did uh, Jimmy G. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I definitely look to see if uh, Minshew's out there, you know, maybe grab him
0: and stash him on your bench. You mentioned that Drew Locke injury. Let's give a uh, quick notification here to Jeff Driscoll, who p- p- performed admirably in Drew Locke's absence, almost bringing the Broncos back to a victory over San over Pittsburgh in the second half. Yeah, uh, uh,
1: um, yeah, so yeah, I mean he's. I mean it's a serviceable position. Uh, I know uh, Elway is looking to bring somebody in. They haven't really floated any names out there that I know of yet uh the most notable the the rumors i heard most recently is you know some rumblings of a Blake Bortles sighting maybe happening in denver uh nothing confirmed but you know uh i think it's a possibility that they sign somebody like bortles uh to come in and just you know be a a bandaid on the situation uh i know eric has a lot of <laughs> A lot of familiarity with Bortles. Uh so you know maybe. I mean, I don't see as a long term solution, but as a band aid to, to fill in while Locks gone. Now I have three people that I'm targeting, um, and it's 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 a good uh, a good plethora here. Uh, two running backs and a tight end uh, actually is who. Um, I'm going to be targeting first up is the recently signed to my New York Giants due to the Saquon uh, injury. And that's uh, Devonte Freeman who just signed a one year, $3 million contract in New York to go up there and try to help salvage a season. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen, but you know, I think he's a serviceable back that can step into a um, role that can contribute and be, you know, be a a stop aid, you know, to keep the Giants from being the worst team in the league. Also, with the Christian McCaffrey injury, that's putting him out four to six weeks. Uh, And, you know, uh, look to target Mike Davis, um, who stepped in toward the end of the game once McCaffrey went down with his ankle injury. And, you know, just as a, like I said, as a quick fix. Uh, but I I want to talk about the the outstanding tight end that emerged uh that has basically came out of nowhere. Uh and we seen him on Thursday night football last week. And that's true sample for Cincinnati, who has a really good um connection with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow hit him quite a few times. It's like you know, anything underneath uh, Sample was grabbing and, you know, they had a they they connected quite a few times going downfield. So if you're looking for a dynasty player or, you know, just somebody uh, a tight end that you can stash, you know, in a emergency situation. I mean, uh, Drew Sample is a is a serviceable tight end to throw in there.
0: There's another reason to take sample as well. Now that you mention him, let's not forget that Cincinnati just lost C.J. Uzama to the season to a torn Achilles tendon as well. Their starting yeah. tight end.
1: Yeah, and I mean he's a, like I said. I mean he's serviceable. Uh, a lot of people was was talking about him after that Thursday night game. So definitely, definitely somebody that you know you could stream and look at. So uh, we're going to move on to our next segment, which is our our hype train segment, which is, you know, where we talk about the the players that did not live up to expectations. So I'm gonna kick this off with you, Harry. Who who's on your hype train this week?
0: I'm gonna pick an entire freaking defense for this. I'm gonna go with the Minnesota Vikings defense and special teams, as they have been absolutely non existent in the first two weeks of the season. First, getting forty-three run up on them by Green Bay, and then having the Ageless Wonder two-point oh Philip Rivers take them for twenty-eight and a twenty-eight to eleven loss to the Indianapolis Colts.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm right there with you. Um, <clears throat> I think that um, I think that hype train is is in full effect now. Eric, do you got anybody that you're bringing aboard the hype train? Honestly.
2: I'll admit his place is a little bit tenuous, but hear me out on this one. We knew that Carolina was mostly going to run their offense around Run-CMC. That was no doubt. However, even in his absence, and especially with the performance in Week 1, you expected a level of respectability in Week 2. So I'm going to put on, I am bringing aboard the hype train, Teddy Bridgewater. For someone who again, I understand more short term solution than long term solution, looking back at what he was able to do for Minnesota when healthy, look at what he was able to do when Drew Brees was hurt for New Orleans last week or last season. You expect something better from him than just flat out laying an egg against Tampa Bay. It's like. How bad off is Carolina really going to be moving forward if this is what you're going to get under center?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, yeah, I mean Bridgewater has has had a lot of hype built up for him, and that that is definitely someone you know that can definitely be all all in. Now, this one may hurt some people. Uh, I just wanted to look at. Uh, a stat line. Uh, it's going to hurt somebody on this, uh, listening on this podcast tremendously uh, that isn't named Jason. My hype train has let me down two weeks in a row. And and that's Devin Singletary. I mean, I, I, I had a lot of faith in him. Um, but, I mean, he's just making pedestrian numbers now. Um, I mean... Uh, he rushed Sunday for 56 yards, which was, you know, I mean, it was almost a dead even split between him and rookie Zach Moss and it's, it's getting scary. I mean, uh, Allen is playing lights out. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about this a little bit later. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean Josh Allen is playing lights out. He is connected with Diggs think, and has a really good repertoire there. But their run game has went absolutely nowhere, see, and
0: I think that's the problem in Buffalo right now for fantasy football owners is the fact that that Buffalo wide receiving core and Josh Allen are have such great communication going on right now that the running the running game has become almost secondary up in Buffalo.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you still gotta you still gotta have a solid running game so your passing game can be opened up. But of course, I they did play agree. the They did play the Dolphins. So and the Jets. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not throwing anybody off the train yet, or or throwing anybody up under the bus. But I do think that uh, people need to lower their expectations on um, on Devin Singletary. At least pump the brakes right now, especially me, because I think I have him in just about every league except for my dynasty leagues right now. I, I was all all over the Singletary hype train.
2: Now, moving now, we, on. But real quick, though, Jason, it's okay. Remember, you're talking with someone who dropped Leonard Fournette, so.
0: Huh. Well, Eric, hey, shut the fuck up continue jason
1: well we'll we'll, we may we may talk about that a little later so we are so um now now we're going to move on to our our balling uh our our straight up ballers and there's two names that instantly well actually about three names instantly leap leap off the page uh in my mind
0: are we doing this the same way we did last week? Quarterback, running back, wide receiver.
1: Yes, we're we're going to okay. go to each position. So, Harry, what quarterback did you have that was? <laughs> I, I know, I, I know, I know who it is. I know your wide receiver and your
0: quarterback. Actually, uh, no, no, my wide receiver is not Stephon Diggs. Though it could be, but right, my, so. my, my quarterback is definitely Josh Allen. Josh Allen, 24-35 for 417 yards and four touchdown passes with no interceptions. Fun fact, Eric. Did you know this is the first time in Bill's franchise history that a quarterback has gone over 400 yards with four or more touchdown passes and no interceptions in a
2: game? Well, I mean... I know that was something that Jim Kelly touched on a couple times but never really did. And the only other guy who would have been able to come close to those kinds of numbers were Jack Kemp. So, not surprised. Fun fact, Jason. Did you know, through two
0: weeks, who was the passing yardage leader in the National Football League? Uh, it
1: should be Josh Allen. Because, it's Josh Allen.
0: Because
1: I know that Favre didn't... Far, good lord! I went back in the. Uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't repeat. Uh, he had a really subpar performance.
0: Uh, Aaron so- Rodgers wasn't even the leading passer in his own game this week. Matthew Stafford had more passing yards than Rodgers did.
1: Yeah. So Eric, uh, if you take mine, I'm going to choke you. But I have a backup. So go ahead and give
2: me your ball- balling quarterback for the week. See, I've got two, but. I'm going to pick my main one that I had first, because A, respect to my friend Kenny Ake. Shout out, Kenny. Hope you feel better soon. And B, because I really didn't see it coming in, I kind of hate to say it, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, this is another one of those situations. We saw what happened last year during that playoff run. We saw what happened uh, mainly, aside from a couple of drives, pedestrian performance against Denver. Now, going into a game against Jacksonville where I'm going to admit, Derek Henry, please come home. I get the fact that you just signed a big deal. We will make a trade. You wouldn't be too far from Uli. We get it. You can still make those big runs against the Jaguars except now you'll be with us, and it would make my life a lot easier. I was expecting that. What does Tannehill do? Up and down the field, hitting all kinds of wide receivers, fade patterns, everything. I'm going to double-check, but I think he put up almost 400?
1: No, he Tannehill didn't. Tannehill only went for...
2: I could have sworn it felt like it was more 239. than 239. I it knew it was a four touchdown passes, but man, yeah, 39 and four touchdowns. So I mean,
1: yeah, I mean that's a hell of a respectable. So you didn't go where I thought you was, but I this one's going to hurt. So um, this one's really going to hurt. I might even puke in my mouth a little bit by saying this, but my flat out balling quarterback is none other can't believe I want to say this. Mr. 450 yards mm-hmm. passing on 34, 47 attempts. One touchdown. With a quarterback rating of 109.4. I thought about him, but I'm like,
2: oh. <laughs> and
1: if anybody knows me, Knows how hard this is for me to say, and that's Dak Prescott. I mean, he flat out put up uh, amazing numbers passing. I mean, his touchdowns didn't show it, but I mean, he was slinging the ball all over the floor. And I have to give him credit; he showed some leadership that game. That game, he he put that team on his back uh and led them. To victory, we won't talk about the fact that Atlanta doesn't know how to uh, cover up a onside kick, or the, the fact that a we'll talk about, lead, or the fact we'll that talk about both of those facts tomorrow, or the fact that Julio Jones drops a wide open touchdown in the end zone that bounces off his hands that would have put the game away. We won't we won't talk about that. But yeah, I mean, I'm going, I'm going straight up Dak Prescott as my balling quarterback this week. I mean, the kid put up 450 yards. I mean, that's that's good.
2: And, and I'm going to throw to, out a... To add to it, only five carries, only 18 yards, but three touchdowns.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to throw an honorable mention out there, too, which is, um, what was the other one? I mean, the man the the man's having an MVP season. Uh and you know you got to throw Russell Wilson out there with two
0: eighty-eight and five touchdowns. I mean, to five to five different receivers, like we talked about in the group chat on Sunday night. Yeah, so I mean,
1: I'm pretty sure that that's some kind of historical thing. Uh, we may need to look into that before we when we talk tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, five different receivers, five touchdowns, five different receivers. I mean, that's impressive, and he tacked on thirty-nine yards rushing. So I mean. That, that's impressive, but uh, especially how that game started with a tip pick six. Uh, you thought that that was going to be really, really by one, of the,
0: by one of the McCourty boys.
1: Yeah, so, uh, so everybody thought that that game was going to be going to be weird. Now, flip over. Let's flip the script to running back. Who, who, does, who do you got as your, your ball, balling out running back this week? I swear to God, if you guys take mine, I'm going to punch you in the throats.
0: Eric? hmm You made fun of me earlier in the show. I guess there's a little bit of crow to be eaten here.
2: Here's some garlic pepper.
0: Five carries for five yards last week had him on my hype train. This week, 12 carries for 103 yards and two touchdowns puts Leonard Fournette on the ball and list. And for the record, Mr. Watkins, I filed a waiver claim in order to get him back.
2: (laughs) But see, you wouldn't have had to file that waiver claim if you had to just listen to me. Because I kept telling you, give him time.
0: Malcolm Brown got hurt anyway, so it worked out.
2: (laughs) Mm, mm, mm. and And for those of you who have, you know, your auction dollars for your waiver claims, again save yourself a little bit of that money and you just kept them on your team.
0: Hey, Eric, who's your ball and running back
2: in an overall, just another solid, impressive performance with a team that put up 40 points. Again, 18 yeah. carries 168 yards. Two yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jason's about to throw a punch you.
0: Yeah, you took mine.
2: (laughs) See, this is why if you have them, you can mention them first. Like we organize everything and we use a Google Doc sheet for the kickoff, which you'll find out how successful that is tomorrow. (laughs) Here on the W2M Network, online at w2mnet.com. Continue, Eric. And not to mention four catches for 68 yards and another touchdown. I mean, a little bit understated. Last week against Minnesota, where everybody else had a field day, going up against Detroit, he's like, no, I'm going to turn this around. I got this and uh, do a Lambo leap to absolutely nobody.
0: <laughs> that was pretty impressive. They had to pull him out of the uh, cardboard cutout stands.
1: All right, since Eric took mine, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take – and I don't, I, I think this is uh, I mean, I might, I, I know I've been feeling sick here recently, and uh, this just confirms it. So I'm going to take my, my balling uh, running back as somebody that was pedestrian last week, but showed this week and went over the century mark on 16 carries for an average of 6.6 yards for a total of 106 yards, one touchdown. And I'm going to take James Conner. Um, I think he had a respectable game. Uh, a lot of – I think it was maybe uh, week one rust uh, getting getting to him to get him going and stuff and, you know, with everything going on. Maybe I was just like, you know, filling everything out. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to go and say Cotter was my
0: balling uh, running back since I got a- Aaron Jones on me. I got an honorable mention for you guys since we haven't really discussed this game as well. Let's give a shout out here to Nick Chubb, 124 yards and two touchdowns in Cleveland's 35 30 win over Cincinnati on Thursday night football last week.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, he went for 120, yeah, 124 and 22 carries and two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, that is that is very impressive. I mean, so So, all right. So, let's move on to our wide receivers uh so who do you guys got that bought out in your wide receiver course
0: um give me one quick second to pull up the official stat line here because i want to get it correct because i can't believe much the same way that you find yourself giving credit to people that you don't want to give credit to this week i find myself in a similar situation
1: all right so eric while he's pulling that up if you want to go ahead and go
0: Uh i have it ready Eric if Eric wants to wait, but it's up yeah, to him i'll I'll wait. you go right ahead. All right, so Mr. Newton had himself a day on Sunday night football three hundred and ninety seven passing yards, and then forty seven rushing yards with two touchdowns. but half almost half of those passing yards went to one receiver, and that is a man who has been making Tom Brady look golden for years. My ball and wide receiver this week is Julian Edelman, eight catches, one hundred and seventy nine yards.
1: Oh yeah, he was he was definitely impressive. Twenty,
0: a little over twenty two yards a catch there, twenty two and a half I think, maybe a little less than twenty two and a half.
1: Yeah, it was right around
0: it was right around there. So yeah, my ball and wide receiver is Julian Edelman. Eric, who you got?
2: Uh, for someone who. Yes, a little bit more understated than their performance last week. I must say that, for starters. However, a milestone moment already. Getting more settled into their new digs and in another comfortable win. For the second weekend, really for this season, for him, I gotta go DeAndre Hopkins. While not quite... The 14 catches for 151 against the Niners. Fine, but eight catches for 68. Not bad for especially in a PPR, but add in his first touchdown as an Arizona Cardinal. Expect him to start finding the end zone much more often with that monkey off his back.
0: Fun fact, he actually wasn't the leading receiver in that game, though. Nope, and that's
1: where we're going with my balling wide receiver from that same game. Uh, for the Washington football team, Terry
2: McLaurin. McLaurin.
1: Yeah, Terry McLaurin, um, who went for uh, 7 of 10 for 125 and a touchdown. Um, I'm going to go out on a uh, limb and say this Washington team is much better than what anybody has given them credit for. Um, And... You know, um, everybody said that uh, Haskins was, wasn't going to take that step to the next level, and they was looking for a quarterback to replace him. But, I mean, he he's played decent. I mean, he's not been half-back for the first two games <laughs> of the season.
0: To be fair, Arizona did beat them like a nameless stepchild.
1: <laughs> well, that's true, but... You know, you still got to go out there. And I do have an honorable mention who is not a wide
0: receiver. And... Is it a tight end? Yes, it is. Is it a Jacksonville Jaguar? No, it's not. That's my honorable mention because he's somebody that I'm actually trying to scoop up in fantasy.
1: Uh, Mine is actually probably one of the most underrated tight ends in the NFL uh, due to the team he plays for. But after starting two and zero, I think somebody, some people are are, are going to um, kind of start giving this team a little bit credit because they came they came out of nowhere. Uh, it's the team that on the kickoff that we picked to be last in the division, and that's the Raiders. And Darren Waller, I think that he doesn't get the respect that a lot of people. Should be giving him, but he is a really consistent tight end. He puts up solid numbers on a weekly basis, and just that that
0: repertoire he has with
1: Carr is unreal.
0: It'll be curious to see if Las Vegas can keep it up these next two weeks given the fact that they come to the AFC East for the next two games. Uh, Las Vegas plays New England this week and then
2: Buffalo next week. Not to mention the fact that will these two performances really quiet down the supposed discord or whatever you want to call it between head coach Gruden, which, oh boy, we may be talking about that more tomorrow as well, and Derek Carr, because everything's great when you're 2-0. They go ahead and with these two games take another couple of L's, gotta start looking carefully.
1: Yeah, so with that being said, let's move into our final segment of the evening. And that's our um, that's our bad beats and personal fantasy uh, forecast that, you know, recapping our, our
0: league. So, can, I, can I throw one in off the bat here? Yeah, go right ahead. Uh, I want to know what the hell Sean is thinking with our fantasy drafted team by leaving Stephon Diggs on the bench. Yeah, Weren't we Alex, going
2: to go ahead and just forcibly hostile take over that uh help him feel out? like
0: we should, especially since he's leaving 153 yards and two touchdowns on the bench. Including a 21-yarder that nobody saw except on replay because apparently
2: nobody pays a power bill in Miami. Hey, hey, it was raining, there was lightning, and if you watch NFL Red Zone like I do... You got to see that touchdown. So, yeah. Um, they showed it on replay
0: on the CBS broadcast as well. My point remains, and Spectrum's a bunch of dicks when it comes to the NFL Red Zone app. We'll talk about that right gripe tomorrow because, well, I kind of just gave away my dick of the week for for tomorrow night. All right. So
1: I just switched his lineup for him because, you know.
0: <laughs> he forcibly started Stephon Dicks.
1: Uh, I, yeah,
0: uh, I, put you, in, I put in Diggs over Hollywood, Hollywood Brown. How, how did um How did his fantasy team do last week? Uh, they lost, uh, and because he, he left Stephon Diggs on the bench. Uh, the 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 they
1: lost. Um, well, I don't think that Diggs would have made a huge difference. Uh, let's see here, twenty one points. Uh, so it would only help us out 17 points, and we lost one hundred forty three sixty two to one hundred six ninety
0: eight. Man, did we get hit by the injury buck on that team or what? Nope. Um, oh, we Mostert. Had, uh, yeah, Mostert. Um, but Mostert actually had a good game before he came out, 92 yards and a touch.
1: Well, you want to know where Mostert was?
2: Was he on the bench, too? Yes, he was. Start, you start both of them, and that's a dope. Or at the very least, you always want well, to be... Well, that would have been...
1: No, that would have been... Uh, that would have been uh, 17. So we would have had 17 and 8. It's 25. That been 25. So we would have had... Yeah, we we still would have
2: lost. But at the same time, yes, it would have still been an L, points four. Because depending how some league setups are, how many points you score, tiebreaker. That's a good point, Eric. Hmm. As far
0: as my own personal fantasy team goes, I got to be honest. I kind of took one on the chin this week. But in fairness, I can't be too mad about it because... The two players that went off went off in my game. He had Matt Gusecki, the tight end for the Miami Dolphins. And he also had Stephon Diggs starting against me. And I'm not going to root against my own player. Stephon Diggs kicked my ass at the uh, wide receiver position there. Um, I had, um, actually, he had Stephon Diggs in the flex position where I started Mark Ingram. Ingram actually had a decent game, but Diggs put up 28.3 points in this league off of 153 yards on eight catches in the touchdown. My biggest fantasy bust for the week was actually A.J. Green, who only had um, 5.4 points. 29 uh, receiving yards, three catches, and two first downs. This is a a league that does half a point for a first down. Okay.
1: Um,
0: Eric... Who was your biggest fantasy disappointment?
2: Well, in one of my leagues, I'm just going to say right now, I'm in three of them. I'm a combined 0-6. Saying that (laughs) out loud, because, yeah, even with this one, I had everything great, but take a look at this. I had Kareem Hunt. I had Julian Owen. I had Odell Beckham, Kenyon Drake, and Nick Chubb. And for IDP... Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Quan Alexander, and I had uh, Miles Jack and Malcolm Butler for Tennessee, which is great. But when my tight ends, when I started a tight end spot, Mark Andrews, and OJ Howard at the flex, combined for only seven points, and the fact that I'm going up against the likes of Alvin Kamara and Ezekiel Elliott and Travis Kelsey, and Heron Jones, among others. That one was my worst L. I wound up losing by almost 80 points.
0: I lost my game by 38 points. 177 to 149. Well, this is why
1: I'm the guru of fantasy football here at the W2M Network. I lost one game total this weekend. Two of my games, I won uh, my big fantasy, fantasy league. I won 174.05 to 99.6. In my second highest paying league, I won 208.3 to 130.9. Jesus. the, The one that I scored 208, I had Aaron Jones, Russell Wilson, Julia Edelman and Darren Waller. The one that I put up 174. I had Russell Wilson, David Montgomery, McCaffrey before he went out, and a little uh, a little known tight end that we'll be talking about tomorrow night, and Tyler Higby, and I had. Two Baltimore Ravens. I had the Ravens defense plus Justin Tucker. Both put up 16 points. My lowest scoring, I had one person that was under double digits, and that was Darius Slayton for the Giants who put up four four points. But everybody else put up either
0: uh, 12 points or more. So My yeah. apologies my apologies to eric my fourth highest scoring team member this week steven gaskowski now in in
1: my um in my league that we that I'm defending the w2m network honor in uh i actually won and we're going to be talking about this real soon when the matchup comes up uh, I, I won in the Golden Sports uh, Fantasy Football pool, and in my $200 league, I pulled off a 184.9 to 177.5 victory. So I had a pretty good had a pretty good week uh, fantasy wise, by losing one game, and the one game that I lost, it was it was bad. It was when I tell you guys this score. It was bad. It was one seventy nine two to one twenty seven. Ooh, oof. He had Mahomes, Drake, Mostert, Beckham, Boyd, McLaren, Ridley. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't have. I didn't have as, as good a good of a uh, a week so we won't even go over that hey I did have Higby in that league who put up 28 points and DJ Moore who put up 20 so that those were my two bite spots but yeah that was that was a rough week so so uh as for everything we're going to give a preview of Sean's game coming up in week three because that's because I'm a dick like that uh we are projected to win 107.47 to 106.14
0: uh, a lot of a lot of good matchups until he goes in and edits it last moment and puts stephon diggs back on the bench
1: uh no i don't think he will i don't even think he pays attention to it honestly according to the chat he does yeah well we'll we'll find out uh, I'm really, I'm really wanting to, I'm really wanting to switch uh, Mixon out for Connor, but I don't know if I should. Connor versus H- Houston or Mixon versus Philadelphia.
0: Well, Philadelphia's proven they can't stop anybody this year, apparently. Nope. And then, and then we have
1: Breeze versus Green Bay or Ryan versus Chicago.
0: Um, Chicago's, believe,
2: defense is, Chicago's defense has been really good so far. Green Bay tends to get into shootouts. Not to mention the fact that with how Trubisky is doing with that offense, they're not on the field as much, so you have less fatigue later in games.
0: I'm saying go with. I'm saying stick with Breeze there over Matty Ice.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: I, I am too. So. All right, so that just about does it for us, so uh, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. So, Harry, where can people find you online?
0: People can find me on Twitter at H-E-B the Eagle, on uh, Instagram at the same, and then obviously Facebook at Harry Broadhurst. In addition, you can also check me out if you guys are into wrestling by listening to the reaction over on the Chairshot Radio Network every Monday night at 11.30 when myself and 411 Mania's Tony Acero discuss everything that goes on in the worlds of Raw and SmackDown on a weekly basis. Our most recent episode was just posted last night and has our predictions for Clash of Champions on it.
2: All right, Eric, where can everybody find you? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at SquidSportsHead if you want to see. Nothing really much to live tweet yet, but... In the next couple weeks, especially if my sleep schedule remains the same, stay tuned because uh, I have a thankful postseason run that I get to contend with. If you're looking for everything outside of that, you can find me on Facebook, Eric Watkins. Again, Jaguars gear in the recliner, holding a bottle or holding a glass of wine next to the pile of laundry, and nah nobody's around too much yet so i will save the vetting process information if you want to be vetted you have to listen to
0: the kickoff bingo yeah. uh and any as
1: anyone knows you could find me at twitter at w2m chairman um definitely put up i just put up a recent fantasy football poll that i can actually we'll war we'll, we'll on this by you real quick you guys real quick uh, with my injuries i had to I, i'm looking for a uh, running back is this the kelsey yeah. trade that you brought up in the group chat no i i trade rape that dude we won't even talk about how bad i trade raped him <laughs> uh no this is in my dynasty league where i am like crushed uh injury wise and i got howard and beretta offered for van jefferson and a 2021 fourth round pick so just curious,
0: where you guys where you guys fall on that? I mean, Jordan Howard, in and of himself, is worth it in Miami so far this year.
2: I agree, and with now Cooper Cup starting to get into the fold, and with Robert Woods, especially after his big contract extension, Jefferson, while talented, I don't think will be able to keep up solid numbers in that Rams offense
1: you got to think this is a
2: dynasty league,
1: not a redraft league.
2: Well, even yeah, but so, I- with a dynasty league, you've got to understand, yes, he may pay off, but are you willing to wait? Like, if he were to pay off starting next year, okay, I would say keep him. But if they're starting to mix up this personnel and do everything now, I don't really think you're going to see a true emergence of Jefferson until 2022. So how long Uh, are you willing to wait?
0: Jason, let me ask you this question of the, of the people on this panel, who would you say knows the most about the Florida Gators? You as the resident Gator fan, there is one word to describe Van Jefferson's performances in Gainesville inconsistent.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm huge on him though. I mean, but with with McCaffrey going down, my starting running backs are currently David Montgomery and Boston Scott. Didn't Montgomery get banged up in the Bears one as well? And, uh, he got dinged up, but came right back in.
2: Yeah, but again, uh, Chicago just gave a small bag to Tariq Cohen, so
0: I wasn't aware that Boston Scott was still in the NFL. Yeah, he's Boston Scott's actually. Having a pretty decent year. I mean, he's um, this was this was news to me. I wasn't aware he was still in the NFL.
1: Yeah, he's. Um, let me load it up here. Let it, and I'll give you his stat line for the week. So far, he's put up thirty five and nineteen yards rushing, and nineteen and twenty four yards passing.
0: Okay, so he has 54 yards right now as, as a running back, which has him 50th in the NFL. And you're debating rather? Okay, so he's really not worth much of anything. Let's be honest. Now, and you were Jordan Howard.
1: Yeah, who's who's not really done anything in the this season except goal line.
0: Yeah, but Howard Howard gets six
2: touchdown. i rather
0: I'd rather have the six points from Howard on the gold line than five points in two games from Boston Scott. Excuse me, 5.4 points from Boston Scott.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Howard, Howard put up two 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 weeks of six points.
0: 6.7 and 6.0. And, and what's Boston Scott have total put up in that league so far?
1: Uh, Boston Scott, let me go back to him. Uh, five point nine and seven point oh five. So
0: they're point wise they're about the same. It's about a push, but Howard's going to get more carries than Boston Scott is probably. And most of Howard's carries are going to come goal line. So I mean it's
1: it's it's tempting. I mean the so I mean I countered with a fourth uh, just the fourth rounder for Howard alone. See if he. You know, see if he he bites on it. Don't don't expect it, but you know I'm gonna. I've got it up on Twitter now at W2M Chairman. So anybody who listens to this can go check it out and vote on what you guys think. So uh, for the chairman of the W2M Network, you can always find us at w 2 mnetcom as well as any of your favorite podcast listing devices such as Spotify, Podbean, and anywhere else you may uh, enjoy podcasts. With that being said, you guys have a good night, and we'll see you in the future.